0: Trying to think, what And then, did you know that the average Canadian spends 520 minutes uh, sleeping every day? That's the number one activity for the average Canadian. You spend 520 minutes sleeping. So there goes a third of your life. is <laughs> basically is spent in bed. The next biggest allotment of time, 269 minutes on an average day, is spent at work. Next, 139 minutes for housework and shopping, and 109 minutes watching TV. Though, we could do a test for all of you with iPhones, and we could pull out our phones and we could compare our screen time. Mine went up 15% this week. (laughs) Four hours? I don't even know how it's possible that I spend four hours a day on my phone. But, (laughs) apparently, we spend a lot of time on our phones as well. But 269 minutes of work. Which makes, I believe, work one of the most important things that we think about and talk about. Because work, you know, we talk about spiritual discipline. We talk about prayer. We talk about silence and solitude and reading scripture and gathering in the church. But if work doesn't become a place in which we see it as a spiritual discipline, a place in which God is going to transform, then we're in a lot of really big trouble because we're thinking that 90 minutes here on Sunday and maybe an hour a week, it's another 60 minutes a week in a Bible study or 30 minutes a day doing devotions. If that's going to form us fully, then I think we're fooling ourselves we're spending 269 minutes of every day working. And so, work has to become a place in which we are spiritually formed. The way we enter our work has to shape us and form us because we spend a lot of time there. I'm going to talk about work probably like within a really broad spectrum. Like, I think being a stay at home mom is a job. like It's work, right? That has to form you in your stay at home life. Uh, work as a Student shape that like, when I was in seminary, I treated my seminary studies like a job. I worked eight hours a day on my schooling so that I could take Sundays off and Saturday. And it was a spiritual discipline that I took to say from eight o'clock on Saturday night to eight o'clock Sunday evening, I will not engage in studying. I will spend time with thinking have fun, and go we'll get pizza, and we'll watch The Office again, because <laughs> minutes watching TV. <laughs> uh, so, work. So then, this is what I, this is, can I, can I suggest to you what we need to do as people of God, as Christians, is we need to reframe our work, and we need to put it into a particular really, I don't have yellow, so I'm going to pick, we need to frame it in the story of God. And instead of making work about our life, how does God shape and frame our life of work? Let me read you some scripture. This is from Genesis. Because you see, you only have to get five words into the Bible to find work. Genesis chapter 1. When God began to create. God began to. He made the heavens. Look over to Genesis chapter 2 if you have to find little different story of creation, but it says that heavens and earth and all who live in them were completed. On the sixth, sixth day, God completed all of the work that he had done. And on the seventh day, God rested from all the work that he had done. You see, God engages in work. And so what I want to suggest to you is that the origin of work does not come from anywhere else but from God. The origin of work comes from God. God is the one who creates work. I uh, started working when I was probably about... 14, I think I got my first full time job. 13. Joyce um, so being homeschooled. Uh, I, I started working at a tree nursery at probably about 13. And I, did not, I was done with my school, so in May, when we started all work, I started my first full time job. I began to work. And, uh, and it was something that I did. And I'm so thankful for Sheldon Falk, Falk Nursery. Oh, Shout out. There you go. Free advertisement for those of you in Southern um, Sheldon taught me how to work. He showed me what it means to work hard and, and, and helped me build a, a bit of a, a work ethic. And so I'm thankful for that experience. But there's a part of me that thought that work was all about Genesis 3. <laughs> right? And you read Genesis 3, where Adam and Eve sin, and God begins the curses. And he says in Genesis 3 to the man, he said, because you listen to your wife's voice and you ate from the tree that I commanded you, don't eat. The curse is the fertile land Because of it... Because of you, in pain, you will eat from it every day of your life. Weeds and thistles will grow for you, even as you eat the field plants. By the sweat of your face, you will eat bread until you return to the first of land, since from it you were taken, you are soil, and to the soil you will return. See, I thought that word came from Genesis 3. I thought Adam and Eve must have had a sweet life sitting in the hammock, playing with the animals, Uh, having a good time, relaxing in the garden. This Genesis 3 origin of work was framed for me, but actually, I really think we need to reframe it and understand that work comes from God. It's part of what we are created to do is to share in the work with God. Genesis 2.15, if you flip back. It says, The Lord God took the human and settled him in the garden of Eden to farm it. And to take care of it. You see, prior to the fall, God gives work to humans and He invites them to engage with Him in the act of work. And so, your job, whether you're a teacher or a stay at home mom or a student or making isotopes for chemical research, an engineer, your job, So let's reframe what work is. Now, as I was thinking about work, there's three dangers that came to mind. I should have got someone else to like come and draw pictures, right? So I was thinking about the dangers. Just my little skull. Let me okay. Oh, is that a nose? Okay, three dangers. What are the three dangers that come to work? First, let me suggest that we sometimes We're worshiping the security that it gives us. I work, and now I become the master of my life. I can control my income. I can control my life. I can make it all suit me, and it will offer for me the salvation that I need. If I can just get the next promotion, I will be secure in my life. Security is an idol. Makes us think that we're in control and not God, and so work becomes for us an all-consuming God that we worship. And let me suggest to you that work will become an evil taskmaster who would love to control your life. We work for the money, the promotion, the security, the meaning, the purpose, the title. So, danger number one: work can become for us an idol. Second thing, though, that can happen is sometimes we actually demonize our work. I'm a little I'm a little my uncle's a professional artist. You would have hoped that some of that would have passed on to them. But our job becomes demonized. We we hate our work. We think of it in Genesis three language. This is the curse that I must bear until I die. I hate my job. But this thinking invades, this Genesis 3, Genesis 3 thinking invades our lives. Thirdly, let me suggest that there is often, and especially within our Christian circles, a third danger is that. Uh, I'll draw it. Our third danger, this is beautiful. Man, what a what an awesome job! You are spiritual. You must. You just get to do the God's holy work, and, and that's so fantastic. And, and I, I mean, I'm just a, I just will see. I operate. I frame up houses. And if only I could get into this spiritual work. If only I could become a full time pastor, then I would be like doing God's work, friends. That is. Alive. There is no spiritual or unspiritual, but everything is spiritual. In everything we do, we are called to work for God with God in the work that we have. Your work is spiritual. The jobs that you do are important, and God calls you to work in this way. With you. So then here's what I want to ask. The question that comes to mind for me, maybe, maybe the most important question: What is God's? Word? What's God? If you, if there's no spiritual or unspiritual work, but we're all called to work with God, to work in, in harmony with Him, what is God's work like? How do we then know what we should lean into? Because I, I think there are, there are some careers and there are some paths that are not good or holy jobs. Right? There are some jobs that, that actually work against the nature of God. Um, hitman. Assassin. Assassin. <laughs> Can you assassinate people Christianly? No. <laughs> Drug dealers. All dealer. right. So that there are there are jobs in which we obviously do not work with God. So what about God's work that we see in Genesis that helps us then understand what is God doing so that we can partner and work fully with God? I have four. Maybe you'll have another one. But here's four. God is involved. In the work of creation, oh my spelling—I got really nervous. Always. Whoo! God began to create. God's work is creative. God's work is work of order. Genesis one tells us that there was chaos; that the world was out without form; that there was chaos. And, and as you understand sort of that Genesis 1 poem in the, in the literary context of its time, you see that a big part of God's work was to create order out of chaos. So where there is chaos, God brings order. A, a third one is beauty. That God's work is a work of beauty. That God brings, like, like I was saying, I went hunting on Friday, and I spent you know, two hours sitting in a little bush, Watching the sandhill cranes fly well out of shotgun range. <laughs> uh, these birds, and I'm hunting with a guy, who, one of our neighbors, who's a, a biologist for Ducks Unlimited uh, for most of his career. So he knows everything about ducks and birds and habitat. And he's explaining these things to me about, about the beauty of creation. And he's like, Yeah, you know, we, there's a sandhill crane, it's not really bad in this context my uh, but in the context of, of the, the sandhill crane with a wingspan of seven feet these birds are huge and they're beautiful and we watched them as they took off from one field and swooped around and, and came over us and went to a, another field and, and we were watching and listening as I sat out in this creation and, and, and looked over the valleys and the hills and the, the, our world is so beautiful we drove over a slough and we saw a thousand ducks sitting in a pond. We pulled out the binoculars and we watched. Now all those other ducks that I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> but they're beautiful. God creates beauty for beauty's sake. We have this longing in all of our hearts for beauty. It's part of God's creation. Fourth thing that God does I don't know if I found. I'm going to call it something good for others. God's fourth thing that he does in Genesis is he creates this creation It's ordered, it's beauty, and then he gives it to Adam and Eve. And he says, this creation, this world, is meant now for you to engage and to work Enjoying it. It's not mine. God didn't create it. Don't, don't mess it up. Right? Don't, don't, no, 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 no. I don't like it when you do that. He actually invites and creates it as a space for others to enjoy and to work. When I think about this, uh, when I think about work, one of the things that comes to mind is we spent some time, when Nikki and I were at the math Training Center in uh, Mexico. And uh, you should look up the pictures. They're beautiful. There's this big yellow building and then there's this paradise kind of thing. Garden that that has been created there, and uh, it, it, we went down thinking that you know we're going to be missionaries and using all our teaching and teaching skills and all of those sorts of things. And I just became a gardener, and I pulled weeds, and I mowed grass, and I cleaned the septic pit every week, and I engaged in this work. And I had a conversation with Trevor. Uh, Trevor Goddard is uh, was the director of is known um, for having uh, some very high standards about the way the facility looks and the way it is run, and he's quite particular about it. I had a conversation with him, and part of the reason is he said, Well, the reason this is supposed to be like this is because this is an image of what God's world is like. And outside of this compound, there is chaos, and there is disorder, and there are things that are falling apart. And, and the vision is that when you enter into the grounds of FTC you will encounter the beauty, the creation, and the order of God. That it will be a witness to the world of the way in which it is supposed to be. And I started to realize that my job was not gardening. My job was partnering with God to bring order to in a small little patch, a few acres, of chopping down the dead branches, of removing them, of cleaning them, weeding them, of, of taking care of the ground, because it was part of God's Word. It was a witness to who God is and what God is like as we bring order into chaos, as we push it back. You know, simply making your bed in the morning can be a spiritual path. As you take the disorder of your sheep, and order. God invites us to work with Him in creation, in order, and beauty, doing something good for others, pushing back the disorder and creating order so that others can experience the of So how does God work? He brings creation, brings order, he brings beauty, and brings What I... So I just want you to be encouraged today in your work that what you are doing is God's work. That you have opportunities in everything you do to engage in parts of these. Some of you are teachers, and you're bringing order to students' lives who may not experience order at home or anywhere. You bring security, you bring beauty. You are doing something good for others. When you engage in working for mental health for people, or, or you know, you, you are a counselor and you're working with people, you are helping bring order to a chaotic mind. You are encouraging them, you are helping them within the world of, of, of their minds. You create, we all create things all the time. Maybe part of your job is creating order in in the databases of realty websites. (laughs) It's spiritual work that God honors, that we partner with God. where are the ways, what I hope is that you'll find the invitation to create, to bring order from chaos, to do something beautiful, to care for others in in whatever way, because this is what we were created to do. We were created to continue working in this world with God, working in his ways. Because work is good. Work finds its origins from there. I have to rethink maybe this week a little bit about what heaven is going to be like too. Right? Audio adrenaline told well, us there was going to be hanging out in a big house playing football with lots <laughs> and lots of, lots of food. <laughs> that, with a certain demographic. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably going to be some farming too. We'll probably be creating. We'll be sharing what we make with others. I don't think the work, the work ends. It's eternal. Kingdom. The cursed part will be gone. Hopefully the toil and the pain and the pain the, you know, it'll be, it'll be work as it was meant to be. So there's there's an element here, obviously, within all of our jobs. But not yet. And every project will over. Yes, every project. No more. When I do my woodwork and everything will be squared. And <laughs> <laughs> it will all work perfectly. So this is what I want to do again. I just want to commission each one of you, To the ministry that God has called you to. Whether that means being a stay-at-home mom or dad, uh, being a business owner, a teacher, a doctor, a pharmacist, a scientist, an engineer, a student, doing data control, retired. God has called you to do a work. Your work is blessed by God and it finds its origins in God. And you are commissioned to go and to create and to bring order beauty, and give it to someone else and to share it with others. This is the work that you are been in. So I want to pray for each of you that you would experience God in your work as you go. At North State, we've said part of our vision is to just be faithful to wherever God has placed you in the next week. Most of your time this next week is going to be at work. God has sent you there as His missionaries, as His ambassadors, as His light to do His work. So let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just lift up my friends to you. I thank you for where you have placed each one of them, whether that is at home, as a stay-at-home mom or dad, whether that's at a university, a school, a retirement home, whether that's running a business, whether it's in a pharmacy or a hospital or a prison, God, we believe that you have placed each one of these people to do your work. And so, Father, I pray that you would fill each one of them with a sense of your call and your purpose, that as they work, they would see the places in which you are already working ahead of them to bring creation, order, and beauty, and something good for us. Spirit, fill them as they serve you. Protect them, God, from these dangers of idolizing your work, of letting it become for them an all-consuming time. Protect them, Jesus, from the way in which we separate the spiritual from the physical, from the spiritual work, from the regular work. God, that you give my brothers and sisters eyes to see the way that all of their work is spiritual. God, I pray that you would protect them from demonizing their work, that they would see it only as something evil that must be endured until the end of time. But God, that you give them eyes to see the way in which their work is, from you. Jesus, I just pray and commission the them to go as your missionaries, your ambassadors, for your co-workers in this world. I ask all of us encouraging you.